Welcome to the Wealth Builders Podcast. Today we bring you a special teaching on the biblical foundations of business from our 2020 Business Mastery Workshop. If you missed this workshop and want to learn more after the show, head on over to wealthbuilders.org. Until then, enjoy this episode of the Wealth Builders Podcast. Are you ready to invest in yourself today? Welcome to the Wealth Builders Podcast. where investment leader Billy Epperhart teaches you how to build wealth through applied biblical wisdom. Scripture says in Deuteronomy 8.18, Remember the Lord, your God, for it is He who gives you the ability to produce wealth. At Wealth Builders, our goal is to teach you how to build wealth through applied biblical wisdom in your finances, your business, and your investments. Now, Let's join Billy Eberhart. One of the ways God shows us in this process, and I'm gonna, we're going to visit Deuteronomy chapter 8 again, talking about the biblical foundation for business. I want to point out a couple of translations to you that I think will really help you to get you kind of going for this weekend. And the first one is in what's called the Lexham English Bible, Deuteronomy chapter 8 and verse 18. And it says... You must remember Yahweh your God, for He is the one giving you strength. Now watch this word, and I want you to note this word. To acquire wealth, I put it in red for you there. To acquire wealth in order to confirm His covenant that He swore to your ancestors as it is this day, or as it is today. Now I want you to notice this. I want you to focus on the the words He's given you the strength to acquire wealth. Now, I want to say this to you as we're talking about this business this weekend. There's only really two ways wealth comes besides inheriting it or somebody giving it to you, so to speak. The biblical way, there's two ways. One is you either acquire wealth, and one of the ways you can do that, for example, purchasing real estate in a smart way and having a system to do it, is acquiring wealth. In other words, you literally go acquire things. Don't don't make this hard, but you go acquire things. So those of you that are watching, for example, and you you're, you either are investing in real estate or you want to, for example, even though this is about this is a business mastery workshop, real estate is a business. <clears throat> One of the things about real estate that makes it unusual in the sense of a business, I, I believe one single family house run purchased properly, rehab properly, rented properly, and managed properly is a laboratory to learn business. Now, I believe that. In fact, I live that way. Now, the reason I'm sharing that with you here is that when I go and, and purchase that real estate, I'm acquiring wealth, okay? I'm actually getting, literally acquiring something. And if I can pay less for it than what it's worth and create value through the rehab, and then for those of you that have multifamily properties, you can actually create value by increasing rents. In other words, as, as the, each year goes by, and you're, because your multifamily properties are based on, of course, income stream, not just what we call sales comparisons like a single family would be. So you can, you're literally acquiring wealth. And then the next translation, Deuteronomy chapter 8, and I believe this is actually the most accurate translation, not just of this verse, but of all translations of the Bible. It's called the New American Standard Bible. 
And it says of Deuteronomy chapter 8 and verse 18, it says, but you shall remember the Lord your God for it's he who's giving you the power to make wealth. So the first one was acquire. Now I may visit this again later, but when we talk about make wealth, it is he who's giving you the power to make wealth that he may confirm his covenant, which he swore to your fathers as it is this day. Now, when you read that, I have a word here, one translation, acquire. I have another translation that says make, right? So we're talking about biblical foundations for business, right? So in business, right, if you want to take Warren Buffett as an example, if you take Warren Buffett, how did he build his wealth? Well, first of all, let's establish the fact that he has a public company, meaning that he, he has a, a, a company that's traded uh, for example, on the New York Stock Exchange or on one of the exchanges. And, uh, and in the process of that, many people think that, that Buffett just buys Coca-Cola stock and holds it. But Buffett made the majority of his money, the wealth that he made, he did it by buying companies outright, not just by investing in the stock market. I want to say that one more time. He went and bought whole companies, entire companies, Right. And then he put his management on top of those companies and put his what we call core competencies and core efficiencies inside of those companies. And he caused those companies in some cases, in, in, in every case with him, but in some specific cases to literally turn around and start producing a profit. Now, I say that because he took companies and made them worth more because their bottom line was worth more. So he made money. He made money. Now, if you take Donald Trump right now, the way he did it, he did it through acquisition and he acquired land. In some cases, he developed real estate uh, golf courses, put it on other cases. He rehabbed office buildings in New York City. There was a lot of different things he did. He acquired his wealth. Now, if you look at, if, for example, if you look at Bill Gates starting Microsoft, what Microsoft did was he came in, uh, Bill Gates came in with Microsoft and he literally created Microsoft for nothing. In other words, he made it happen. He made the wealth. He created today Microsoft, even today as I'm recording this, is one of the most successful companies by far in all of history. You say, Billy, the point is, well, the point is there's not 17,000 ways here that you're going to figure out how money's going to come to you. You're either going to acquire it or you're going to make it. And in both cases, understanding business is the way that it happens. And somebody said, well, I'm going to save it. Well, just remember this, saving money is a good thing. And I'm, and I'm happy for those who get out of debt and save money. But remember, no great wealth was ever created through saving money alone. Right? Now, can you, can you save enough to take care of you and your four? Right? You might be able to take, save enough to take care of your four and four more. But the truth is, that's the, re the reason business is so powerful because in business, we're able to create, we're able to acquire, we're able to make wealth in the process. And we're going to break that down for you in some of the later sessions, even tonight. Now, we're talking about making a difference here for a moment. So there's a concept that I use in, in the book, uh, of course, Money Mastery. And here, and I take this from... The Secrets of Jewish Wealth Revealed. We're talking about Jewish economic theory. And um, I love this quote that I took right out of the book. And, uh, and then I'll, I'll put it up. 
there's a concept here, and you see the slide, that's called Tekun Olam. Now, some of the Jewish folk have come up to me, bless their hearts, and have tried to uh, correct my pronunciation of I'm I'm from I was born and raised you know from South Texas from the Houston area so and I learned phonics so I'm just gonna call it like I see it to con olam or to con olam and it literally means repairing the world it means that God put us here in this here where we are where Jesus prayed in Matthew chapter six Thy kingdom come Thy will be done in the earth even as it is in heaven that's the Lord's prayer Matthew chapter six. When you look at that concept of Dekun Olam, and here, here's what it says in the Secrets of Jewish Wealth Revealed. It says, one of the great differences that set Jews apart from other cultural groups is that we see our wealth as a means to partner with God. Now, I, I want you to see that. Now, watch this. As a way to bring God's kingdom into this earth, it's a concept that we call Dekun Olam perfecting the world we perfect the world by using our god-given wealth to further god's realm on this planet so what you see is that the jewish people's pursuit of wealth is often paired with the pursuit of charitable works not only for selfish purposes so in other words there's this concept and i have another slide i'll put up of where there's god's hands around the earth and there's us as workers together on the earth and we're partnering together with god so that thy kingdom come thy will be done in the earth even as it is in heaven and so this is one of the powerful things now i have another quote i just want to get to quickly and um, and it's from the same book, The Secrets of Jewish Wealth Revealed. And it says, the bottom line is this, to be religious Jews, we are not supposed to isolate ourselves on a mountaintop and meditate, nor are we to take vows of poverty. Rather, we are supposed to get out into the world, interact with it, and elevate the mundane. Pardon me. I love that phrase, elevate the mundane. This, in fact, is the traditional meaning of Tekun Olam. We repair the world by elevating it to the holy. The Talmud actually compares, and this is, I love this part. The Talmud uh, actually compares a poor man to a dead person. Wow. If you have no money, then your ability to partner with God, by the way, that spelling is not a mistake. That's how it's spelled in the book. To partner with God and perfect the world is severely limited, much like one who is dead. Wow. Wow. <laughs> so if you'll let that sink in for a moment. So this whole concept that we're talking about, the, the foundation, scriptural foundation for business, about really having the ability to be able to make a difference in the world, to really, to really partner with God. Now, I just want to bring other, one other facet here. And this is an email that I received from Ethiopia a couple of years ago. Now, listen, the English in the email is not real, real good just because the person that's writing it is Ethiopian. And this person is over about 5,000 churches in the country of Ethiopia. So he's like a bishop. And he's writing to me and he's asking us about doing some of the teaching that we're doing here, even with you. And he says, greetings. Thank you so much for the progress and determination. Now, remember, the English is not perfect. OK, 
uh, and determination in doing this seminar here in Ethiopia. As all of you may remember, I have tried to highlight some points to be considered into your teachings, which you have in mind. To sum up about, it is urgent for the church, and this is what he's saying as a bishop, it is urgent for the church to be aware and involved in this business world where everyone's language is about business. Now, this is coming from Ethiopia. If you stay here for a few days in Ethiopia and listen, people are passionate to be business owners and grow economically in poverty. He's saying they're interested in growing economically. In this midst of movement, I think the church is not sure of the ways she can involve in. Members, including most leaders, do not have clear insight in this regard. Ordained church ministers are worrying how to, to it besides their ministry. There are so many issues and challenges related to this timely issue. In developing nations like Ethiopia, sound teaching in this regard is like laying the foundation to redeem the generation to come. Wow. In other words, you say, Billy, what's the point? The point is, in making a difference, we can actually go make a difference by investing money, giving money, helping the needy. But another way to make the difference is actually empowering people to show them how to come out themselves and how they can be blessed and how they can prosper. That's the reason, for example, we started Tricord Global. That's the reason we did it was because in many of the countries of the world, you, there's no capital. But here, here in the U.S., you can walk into a Best Buy and walk out with a 75-inch TV that you bought on credit. Right? There is no consumer credit in these countries, so we provide capital to empower them to come out. Now, one of the most powerful things uh, quotes Margaret Thatcher. She said this, No one would remember the Good Samaritan if he only had good intentions. He had money as well. And so the reason I share that with you is that the Good Samaritan just didn't have good intentions. He had the finance to make a difference. And what I'm encouraging you for when we start understanding the biblical foundation for business is you learn that God blesses you and prospers you so that you can make a difference. And then Oral Roberts said it this way, whoever controls the finances of a city or nation controls the spiritual climate. And ladies and gentlemen, I, I, man, I hate to be this crash, but you got to be deaf, dumb, and blind <laughs> right now if you don't see and aware of the spiritual warfare that's happening in this country and candidly many countries around the world right now. God wants to bless us. He wants to bring uh, the, the blessing of the kingdom into our hands. But we have to know how to handle it and how to steward it. And that's what this weekend is going to be about. And I'll put this last slide up as we talk about this on the seven mountains and what I call the mind molders of culture that we want to make sure that we understand um, that the seven mountains are intended in society. In fact, some people ask me, well, what are the seven mountains? What does that represent? It really represents the mind molders of culture. In fact, if I was going to walk around here and point to this, the mind molders of culture, really the church is over the top of the mountains and should be. And in doing so, I, here's what I like to say, and I'll visit this again is that every one of us should be functioning in at least two mountains. I mean, actually, we, we need to come to the top of the mountains, plant our flags in those mountains so that we have the influence that we need to have. And so here, for example, 
Here, we're talking about, in this, this workshop this weekend, we're talking about the business mountain specifically. But one of the things I'll say to you about the business mountain you have to understand is that the business mountain is really the key, a key to all the other six mountains. And people will say to me, well, why? The reason it is, is because you have to have money and finance in order to be able to function in all of the other mountains. So whatever it is, you still have to have money or finance. So we need God-fearing, Scripture, Bible-believing people that are empowered to be able to take the business mountain and be able to take what God has intended that we that His kingdom come, His will be done in the earth, even as it is in heaven, that we partner with Him, that we co-labor together with Him. And I believe you're one of those people. We hope you learned something of lasting value today from this Wealth Builders podcast. If you'd like any tools, teachings, or resources mentioned in the podcast, you'll find them online at wealthbuilders.org. Wealth Builders exist to teach you how to build wealth through applied biblical wisdom in your finances, your business, and your investments. The Wealth Builders podcast is produced by Celine Williams with music by Audio Jungle and narration by Greg Hunter. Wealth Builders is a nonprofit organization. We depend on your donations to keep this podcast running. Please consider donating to us on wealthbuilders.org. Thank you for joining us today. Subscribe, like, and follow the Wealth Builders podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, or anywhere you can listen to podcasts. If you want to learn more, head on over to wealthbuilders.org for free blogs, events, updates, and more. And finally, submit your questions to info at wealthbuilders.org and Billy will do his best to answer them on our show.